Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. I'm your host, James Woodham. And I am your co-host, Juliet. Juliet has a decade of architectural experience in the US. And James has completed over 250 home renovations in the UK. Together, James and I have over 35 years experience designing and building homes. This podcast was created to give you, the homeowner, the power and the knowledge to get your project done right, on time, and with quality workmanship. We've been going for just over a year now, and we have over 50 episodes for you to listen and absorb all the information from key experts in the industry. That's right. We've spoken to industry leaders, builders, architects, and the best part of what we do is hear from you, the homeowner, what went right and what went wrong. We really hope you like listening to this podcast, and if you do, please leave us a review. Reviews expose us to more listeners, which in turn means we can help more homeowners save money and avoid the chance of things going wrong. With that said, let's get into today's show. Hey guys, welcome to episode 100 of the Property Renovation Podcast. I am super chuffed that we even reached this far, to be honest, um, we started the podcast back in June 2017, uh, just with the vision that we could provide enough tips and tricks that could help out the average homeowner up and down the UK. Um, we are now in nearly 30 countries around the world. Um, we're being listened to by thousands and thousands of listeners and, uh, we're making a, 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 a we're making a real difference into, uh, the way people carry out their own renovations on their home as well, especially, um, new homeowners or first time homeowners, uh, that just did not have any idea of what they were going to get themselves into. Um, the fact that we've really, really helped them out, uh, means a lot to myself and our co-host Juliet, uh, in the US as well. Um, we are going to continue, uh, putting out as much inv- information as possible by, um, uh, interviewing leaders within this, uh, industry plus professionals like architects, interior designers. Um, we've got lots more exciting stuff to be bringing to the podcast in the coming months uh, towards the end of this year. Um, just a quick note, whilst I remember we do close just for the summer. So uh, in a couple of weeks, we will not be uh, putting out any episodes and we will be back in September. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you very, very much for listening to this podcast as well. If you've managed to leave us a review again, thank you very much for putting the time out to leave us a review as well. Um, this episode coming up now is all about, um, a set of 10 documents that you can go and download anytime you want. Um, all you need to do is go to www.akiva. That's A-K-I-V-A toolkit, T-O-O-L kit.com. So the Akiva toolkit.com. It's 10 documents that is designed to help you if you're just about to do a renovation for the first time. Um, There are um, documents about what are the most important points that should be in any builder's contract uh, so that you can, you can cross check and make sure that they are included. Uh, there is also a schedule of works. There is a post, uh, there is a damage checklist that you can have. There's a contact list because it's always important to have 
everyone's number uh, on one page. And uh, there's many, many more documents as well. Um, the one that we are talking about in this 100th episode is all about the perfect, uh, the blueprint to the perfect renovation. So it's the blueprint guide to the perfect renovation. Um, it's considering all the points from A to Z that you will need to consider to make sure that your project is a good one and that you enjoy it because that's the most important thing. So once again, thank you very much for being part of the podcast and for us to reach the 100th episode as well. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. So thank you again. Thank you very, very much. Uh, enjoy the episode. So welcome to the 100th episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. Honestly, Julia, I never thought I'd say the 100th episode. It's just a long, it's a long time ago since we started. A long time. It's just, what is it, four weeks shy of two years? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you, feel any, old, do you feel any older? Unfortunately, I feel a tiny bit older, <laughs> maybe. Um, I've been, I've been noticing just long work sections, sessions. I, I get a little, I can feel my body get a little stiff. Yeah. Before they did it, but yeah, yeah. I think I also feel a little wiser. So that's, you know, that compensates for it. But, you know, I think it's a great achievement. We've managed to pump out one episode every single week for a hundred weeks, for a hundred weeks. So triple that's pretty, digits. pretty good going. Yeah. Now we're in the triple digits. Very so exciting. on, 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 on to the 200th episode as well. Exactly. Good. Okay. Um, well, I thought of a great episode for, for a hundredth episode. And, um, I wanted to mention about this fabulous thing that I come out with quite some time ago now, but it's what I believe as the perfect blueprint to achieving the perfect renovation. So the blueprint to the perfect renovation. Um, and anyone can go and get this uh, by just going to the Akiva Toolkit dot com, A-K-I-V-A Toolkit dot com. Um, it's free. So go there and download this. And so just to get back to it, anyone that's doing a renovation now or thinking about doing a renovation, it's always a good idea to start planning it. And we've spoken about, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail and all of this. Um but to have, to really think about the, the, the flow of how it's going to work for you. So if we started from the beginning, um, we've got your initial ideas and research, and this is what you should be thinking about your home. And this is when you start to get out pen and paper, list your wishes, your priorities, um, and c- consider what purpose they're going to be for as well and whether they're going to serve you. But the ultimate thing I think Julia is you need to be thinking about whether it's a rental property that you're living in or is this your family home for the next 25 years? And I'm sure you'd agree. It's when you start to think about budgeting for certain aspects, certain properties, uh, certain products with that mindset, it's what you need to, to be able to, just to do it right. Don't you agree? I completely agree. And I think that 
just as important as it is for budgeting purposes. It's, I think you approach a project very differently if you know if it's an investment project versus this is your quote unquote forever home. I think you, if it's your forever home, you obviously think much more about yourself, your family, how you specifically know you want to use the space. But if it's going to be a, an investment project, you kind of, you cater to the market and not to the, not to yourself. And so in one case, I think you research yourself, your family, their needs, how you guys want to use the space, how your family may grow over the next five, seven, 10, 15, 20 years versus, Hey, what do people generally want in mm-hmm. a rental? I think those are two very different things. But then to go on to step two, um, and I agree with you, by the way, but to go on to step two, then you will be finalizing this budget. And there's so many ways to to work a budget out. You've got Google Sheets. You've got Excel. You've got, you know, pen and paper, calculator, good old ways. Um, but you need to be fixing a budget and you need to probably think about um, what contingencies you need. Um, and what, what's your, what's your blowout points? What's your luxuries that you want as well? Right. I, I think, yeah. I, I think you should at least have a one or two luxuries that you spend a bit, bit of money on. Don't you think? Absolutely. And even if it's not luxury, like say when you do a kitchen, say you still want to do an Ikea kitchen because you know, that's simply your budget. It's your price point. You generally like the design, the look, you kind of know that the kitchen is going to be a focal point. And so even if that doesn't mean that you spend more on design, it usually does, I mean, be, mm. to be honest. But at least you know that that's where you want to focus a lot of your attention and care and love in terms of designing it. And so every single, I think, I personally think that every single successful design has very key, very few key but obvious points that sort of anchor everything else, that sort of set the tone. You can't make everything flashy. That's like bedazzling your entire outfit. Just don't do it. It's bad. Yeah. But choose very judiciously, very intentionally. I want this part to shine. I want this to be a focal point. And then you move outward from there. So both in terms of budget and design, absolutely. So this could be, you know, the, the, the most amazing TV that blends in with the color of your wall these days, or whether it's your dining table. Right. Or your, or your kitchen or something like this, or maybe just some skylights. You thought, you know, you want it. That's what you want to spend your money on. It's having right. some huge skylights over your extension, for instance. Or a custom entry door or yeah. an amazing light fixtures. I mean, light fixtures can cost as much as a car. So, I mean, everything can be very, any little bit that you choose, you can choose to make that bit luxurious. Even if it's simply the handle that you know you will open use every single day talking about lighting i actually saw a guy on instagram called christopher boots i don't know if you ever know him but he does he does he does amazing lights lights he makes amazing lights and they cost more than a few cars (laughs) yep not surprised (laughs) (laughs) okay so we've got fixing your budget but then there's research and there's read so researching your contractors, not just settling for the one that stands out right then and there because you're in a rush, but actually um, getting those free quotes at the, at the very least, just so that you can compare, making sure that you, you, you have them coming over, um, 
and some of this is going to sound a bit repetitive from other episodes, but you know, it's, it's in, in summary, you just need to have good contractors, get them to come over. It's about, um, rapport, making sure that right. you can work, work with them as well. Um, and reading those reviews and not just trusting the reviews online, but getting some real sound reviews from someone that's just a couple of doors down the street or in the village or something like that, you know, really a real person basically right. give, pick up, pick up the phone and call them. Right. I mean, James, you do have a little, um, drawing a little illustration inside this box about budget. I think you should talk about that. And this is buy cheap, pay twice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about this a lot and it is, it is, um, it is what it says. You know, if you, if you do, um, pay cheap for something, you more than likely will pay twice. And I, I, I think that doesn't go across the board. Like you can, you can go cheap on a few things. Um, but the areas that you shouldn't go cheap is I would say just quite simply, don't go cheap on the things that you can't see. So these are the things like waterproofing or, um, you know, adhesive, a good, a good adhesive for your bathroom, stuff like that, because anything that you can't see, it can end up, uh, degrading quicker than the right. ones that cost a bit more money. Right. Um, you know, don't, 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 you know, buy something that you're going to be hanging from the ceiling and it weighs quite a few kilos. Don't, don't go cheap on that as well, because it's all about how, how it's made, where it's made and what was used to make it. So just bear that in mind. I agree 100%. It's easy to try and save on those because you don't see them, but mm. that's every, like you're saying, everything that's sort of the guts behind the wall, that's kind of the make or break point in terms of will it last or will it not? Like cheap plumbing fixtures will have plastic bodies. Real ones will have a solid brass body and obviously one lasts and the other doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So right. on the, on the next bit, we've got, about getting your property surveyed um, for measurements and building conditions. So, and the building's condition. So if you just bought your home, um, it's always good to just get a contractor out there and do some good measurements, whether that's a designer, whether that's a builder, just because once you've got those firm measurements, you know that you can't make a mistake. It's, it's there. Um, if you don't measure or you do it very, very quickly, you could end up buying some really expensive bespoke wardrobes. They don't fit. Um, or, you know, a kitchen that has arrived and it's, you've got, you've got a big gap down the side of it or something like that. And you don't want to end up in that position. So just for, you know, one or 200 pounds, one or 200 dollars, uh, you can get a professional to come out and they would measure and provide you with some propose that an existing plan, just a 2D, just a layout, um, uh, that's to scale and it, and it, and it can, you know, it can save you a lot of money in the long run. Yes. So it's always a good idea to do that. And also with the building's condition. So it's always good if you're thinking about, um, you know, getting a, a builder's quote to, uh, for your property. I hear this. I still hear this today. You see, you get, you get the odd phone call. Um, here's, here's, uh, what I want to do to the property. Here's a list. Um, give me a ballpark figure. And 
this is without going to view the property. So you give a ballpark figure, but then there's so many variables that can happen with that. Does the consumer unit like fuse board need changing? That can cost a couple of thousand. Does the boiler need changing? So these are the things that you don't know until you go to the property. So, um, well, one thing I would say about this and the property and the survey, it's always a good idea to perhaps, uh, there are a couple of companies that do this, but it's a feasibility site visit. So before you commit to buying the property, have a contractor walk around with you and give them your ideas and pay them, but they would give you a full report on what the feasibility is, whether it's going to be worth it. Right. And I know you're going to get that money back. Absolutely. They come, they come to your properties and they look at it with completely different eyes than you do. I know yeah. a lot of clients, they come in, they get, they fall in love with either the history, the character, the location, the, the potential that they see. And a lot of times, absolutely, there's potential to be found, but at what cost? Because yeah. you may be looking at, oh, it's just got great bones. Someone else, a professional, may come out into the site and think, holy crap, we need to reinforce all this entire foundation wall. As I see all these cracks, I see this wall bowing. And so while there's potential, of course it has potential. And yeah. I always say, with enough money, we can make anything happen. But yeah. again, back to the budget piece, sometimes yeah. it's really not the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it's about developing the design. Um with professionals until it's finished. So this is all about um, considering to hire a designer to go through and give you a design package. So this isn't just, this is not just the 2D. This is talking with you about um, space planning, making sure that um, the, the mood board works and the mood and the colors and the textures can work in the property as well. Lighting, curtains, furniture, all of this kind of stuff. Um, this is, this is where you should really invest your money as well, especially if it's the first time you're renovating a property. And if it's not just one room, it's a house, um, and it's your family home, it's worth the money. But James, what about the clients or not clients, the, just, you know, all the homeowners out there who want to design the home themselves? They can do it. I mean, there are different ways that you can do it. You don't have to have a designer come out. You've got virtual design opportunities these days where you can hire someone that's a bit of a distance away, which would probably be a little bit cheaper. Um, but if you really want to do it on your own, there's obviously things like Pinterest where you can start creating boards and getting some inspiration from. Um, you can go online and like ev- even create your own mood board you know, mm-hmm. these days. So, um, and then what you can do is you can start to mark out things yourself. So if you've got a blank canvas, um, a really good idea is like to even just for the space plan, this is like getting some tape and putting it on the floor um, to, to the exact measurement of what your pieces of furniture are going to be. Um, and then just have a good walk around, you know, right. and, then, then you really get the feel of how it's going to be. I love putting boxes where big pieces of furniture where walls can be because then you can actually build it up and feel the volume. I remember talking to you about this on another episode, but yeah, boxes, boxes is a very good idea because you real, you get the feel. 
Right. I've built staircases out of boxes. I just, it's perhaps strange, but I have a habit now of saving all of my Amazon boxes of all different sizes. So I can, when necessary, I honestly take the flattened boxes to a client's place and build kind of, it's like Lincoln logs, but in like real scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Cool. That sounds good. All right. So after the design, you kind of know what you want to do. What's the next step? Well, now you have to think about planning permission and consents. Um, you know, are you in a conservation area? Uh, is your property under building management? Do you have to write to someone and give them a, um, get, get permission from them for what you want to do in the property? Um, do you have to speak to your council? Do you have to go through permitted development? Um, it's, it's definitely all about that. Don't do anything without making sure you've checked if you need permission. I've heard of horror stories where people have gone ahead, done something, got caught, and you can either be faced with a hefty fine or you have to be forced to take it down, you know, and, and, um, bring, bring the building back to its glory. So, um, yeah, always check for permission. Always, always. I've, We've actually, unfortunately, there was one case where no one knew that this one house that we were working on was in a historic landmark zone. But then, the, you know, the regulating councils got wind of it and we actually had to stop the project for months yeah. because, and there was fine. And then it's also we are just immediately required to just stop out of the blue. Yeah. Sometimes things, you're in a construction stage where you really shouldn't stop it's not easy to sort of to wrap it up and leave it. And mm. so, you know, materials get damaged and anyway. Hey, you can lose a lot of money. Absolutely. Money, time, everything, all the things that are important <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a renovation product. So, yes. But there's a sidebar to this um, where you, it can take several weeks or months, you know, especially yeah. in the UK, different councils, different boroughs take longer than others. Mm-hmm. Um and they can sometimes be very, very difficult. A little tip sometimes for building um, regulations is to go try and get a private building inspector. Uh, sometimes not always just rely on the council, but to get right. someone private and pay a bit more for it. But um, you get you get things um, done and dusted a lot faster. Ah, so, yeah. In the US, for in terms of permits. Um, you can definitely, and all major cities will have permit expediters. Yeah. So they have their own relation, their own network, and they can they can get things turned around much faster. Sounds a lot more of a stronger term, permit expediters. Right. I don't know <laughs> if any private inspectors. I think that I don't think there's a way around that in the U.S. Not that I've heard of, but no. Okay. But interestingly enough, we can we can kind of ram it through the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Private building control officers. So, if you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy to use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. 
Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today. Now, by, by that point, you've got your ideas in the bag. You've got your budget fixed. Um, you've got the permission if you need it. So now you're on your way and you want to hire the contractors that you, you were happy with, basically. Um, but making sure that they have the right contracts in place and the right insurance. And it's a good point now to say that um, don't just um, take their insurance as 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 the one to 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 rely on. Um, the reason why I say that is because we had someone on um, from from another company um, that specialises in renovation insurance. And this is what homeowners need to go back and listen because there are some things in there that even I was quite surprised about, to be honest. Um, things that, um, that your, your home insurance won't cover you and you may not be able to claim on the building contractor's insurance under certain aspects of it as well. So it's always a good idea to have this renovation insurance if you're renovating you know, on a, on a full extent, if you're doing just a bathroom, there is no point really, I would say, but it's, it's, uh, you know, if you're thinking about spending a good few thousand, a good few thousand, then go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. If you're doing a large project. Absolutely. It, it can make all the difference if something unfortunately does go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But on the side of this, I think we've got here where it says um, surveyors and designers. Um, sometimes that is worth asking them actually about contractors because they always work with them day in, day out. So if you're already working with a designer or an architect or um, you've had uh, a surveyor um, come do some uh, structural drawings for you, then ask them, you know, have you got a contractor that uh, that would like to take this job on? And you'd be surprised. They may be able to offer you uh, someone really good that they can recommend. That's always a good way to, I think it's a great way to do it because then you talking to someone who is firsthand seeing how good they are at communicating, which mm. is so important. Yeah. All right. So after we hire the contractors, what should we be thinking about? Well, you need to be thinking about a lot a lot of things, right? Because at the end of the day, the, your house is just about to be torn apart. Your life is going to be a little bit upside down or disturbed for a while. Um, so you need to be considering things like your living arrangements um, and your, your, your overall day-to-day life is just going to be interrupted. So there's going to be times where you're going to be asked a lot of questions mm-hmm. at in the middle of the day when you're supposed to be working, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of things. So it's, you've got to go start going through and consider, um, all of your, the, the arrangements that you've got to make within your life so that you can really structure it and give the time that you need to give to your home, to the renovation and to the contractors and to your family. Right. And then one of those arrangements, the big, the big thing about say, especially if you're doing something larger, like your kitchen 
and maybe a living room or a couple, you know, the bigger public spaces in your home, maybe mm. master suite. And then in that case, at that point, I probably would recommend thinking that maybe you, the family leaves the home for a month or so at least. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't want to be there really for, for some of the work that happens at the beginning because it is, it can be dusty. It can be, um, just a horrible environment to be in. Um, strangers trampling in, in and out of the home, you know, just bringing lots of heavy machinery in. You don't want to be there for that, especially if you've got like little kids and stuff like that. I mean, it can be fun, I guess, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's not, it's ne- never a good idea. So, um, sometimes it's always a good idea to probably stay with family, um, go on holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huge. It's yeah. Yeah. Rent a hotel. Um, hire a hotel, you know, something like that. It's, uh, it's always good to just get out of the way. Contractors will love you for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, um, not that ignorance is bliss, but sometimes when you're away and you're not there for every single micro little decision that happens along the way, this is mm. honestly a lot less stressful on you because you don't, mess, you don't as a client or as the person going through it, especially if you've hired it out and not doing it all yourself, you don't need to be involved in every single one of those decisions. I think, I feel like there have been studies done that humans, we can only make X number of intelligent, good decisions a day. And then, so you will have to save some of those decisions for your work and for your family. And then have this renovation on top of it. It's just, it's kind of a point of overload. And so you can let the professionals sort of do their job, take some and just do their job in terms of taking the stress off of your shoulders and let them carry it on for you. Because everything that they see going on on site may be stressful for you because, you know, maybe it's your first time or just second time renovating and it's just, you're not used to it. But for them, it's every day. It's not stressful. Just less to worry about. It's a good point. And I think sometimes it's probably, well, it's a good idea to say now, this is when you should be thinking of maybe taking on a project manager um, or, you know, someone with a bit of background. If you can't afford a project manager, but someone with a bit of a, uh, someone, always someone's got someone in the family that has done this before. Um, and, and it's always good to just get some advice from them as well. Um, get them to come and look over it, get them to speak because contractors talk, uh, in a, in a big way with building terminology. And sometimes the typical homeowner might not understand that. And, um, it can be quite frustrating sometimes, but if you've had, uh, you've been working with a designer, uh, maybe you can hire them for a few hours, um, just to make sure that their design is implemented the right way by the contractors. So, so this could come under design coordination. So they, they right. visit, visit the site maybe four or five times through the stages of the work. Right. And they, they can take the brunt of, um, being asked the difficult questions from the contractor. Absolutely. So that's just, if you, if you think earlier when we were talking about, think about hiring a designer, that is something that they potentially do. Um, mm. one way to get their fee down is to have them not include that service. But I mean, the renovation process is pretty stressful. And if, if you would like someone to help you walk you through it, shoulder some of that mm. stress, it is useful. It's, it's a good service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So say we got, we have the contractor hired, we have all of our per- permits and we have our permissions. Say we, we moved into an Airbnb for a month. 
Yeah. That's how it begins. Exactly. So demolition. This is like ripping everything out. Um, clearing the site. And yeah, this is a, this is a good thing. So, um, demolition is going to be happening. Um, so if you've got any valuables in the home, you want to be making sure that they are out of the way, out of the risk of damage. Um, lock any rooms that do not require any access. Um, because then you'll be te- protecting them from dust as well. Um, and just, it's just not necessary for people to go in really. So just keep it out of the way, minimize damage. Um, then, uh, the contingency of the budget. So this is like, this is where that potential 10% contingency can start being used because the rip out has happened and they may be some discoveries from the contractor that thinks, well, didn't know that was going to happen or I didn't know that was going to be there. Um, we're going to have to do a bit of extra work. You've got some damp issues to deal with, or, um, you've got woodworm in your floorboards or, you know, so these are the bits where your contingency could start to be used. Um, this is where any building errors, um, or, you know, reading the old drawings, they, they might not make any sense. You know, you need to be thinking about, um, what was designed. Fine. That's what, what was designed is what could have been, what could be seen. But now you've got that, that wall knocked down and there's, you know, a concrete pillar in, in the way where you never thought it would be, it never thought it was going to be there. So now you have to start redesigning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can slow down a project as well. Right. And even aside from human generated things that can slow down work, there are things outside of everyone's control, like the weather, which is exactly, exactly. Yeah. And also just in terms of, sorry, real quick, just about the demolition, um, make sure just in terms of protecting your valuables and say like, you know, a really nice piece of furniture, et cetera, make sure that your HVA system is shut down. So it's not just picking up that dust and blowing it everywhere into every single room and filling up all of the Mm. dust. Good point. Um, Some contractors are really good about doing that. Other times I've worked onto job sites and I'm just like, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) you forgot to cover all the ducks. (laughs) Just note that you'll be, you'll be happy. if You kind of covered all the ducks and you shut down the whole system. Exactly. An immense amount of dust and debris and it flies around. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, thinking about the weather, this is, uh, when you should decide to do certain projects at certain times of the year and others at other times of the year. So, you know, you don't want to be ripping off your roof, um, when it, you're in winter. Um, yeah. ideally, if you can't help it, then you do need to be thinking about weather type solutions. You're going to need to be thinking about, um, other ways to protect your home during those works as well. Um, and if any landscaping is required, um, you know, get, get that done first. Sometimes, you know, if you've got a period of like 12 weeks, um, focus on doing the landscaping first before you start falling. So I'm talking about like, if you're in autumn and you're just going into winter, then it's always good to focus on the bits that could get damaged first, I reckon. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, and then, and then just think about protecting the home in general. Absolutely. All right. So 
In terms of, again, thinking about the weather, change of seasons, there is that point where we call the weather tight. That's basically mm-hmm. when the building is sheathed. Yeah. Not necessarily the finished siding or whatever, but the building is sheathed. The doors or windows are in. The roof is on. So basically, things inside will stay dry. So yeah. at that point, we call it weather tight. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good point to have to be at in the project. Late fall, then you can kind of come in. They can bring in some heaters and then start building through, fitting out all the interiors over the winter. Yeah. All right. So after weather tight, James, what happens next? That's when the fun starts, I think. Um, this is when you start installing kitchens and your bathrooms and, you know, p- putting everything into place, really. Um, so uh, you're decorating your furniture, going to buy the, the furniture that you've been waiting for. Um, this, is, this is the time when everything starts coming. The puzzle starts coming together. Yeah, the time, I feel like whenever, when the project reaches the point where, like, the cabinets are coming in, and then mm-hmm. you're getting fitted for, you know, the worktops or the counters and for the stone. That's when a lot of clients start getting really excited because it's finally the actual interior that they've been imagining, you know, the space that they're going to sit and spend with their family and friends. That's when it becomes real. And that, that is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. So after how, how should we expect a, a renovation project to finish up after all of that work? <laughs> You have to go through some snagging stages, you know. This is um as as this is the I don't know whether this is the fun part or not the fun part. Um, you, ne- <laughs> you need to you need to have a good walk around with your contractor. You need to be um looking up and down, left and right, in the cupboards. Um, you know, you need to be looking at every single bit with a magnifying glass to make sure that it's been done the way that you wanted it to be done with good quality workmanship as well. Um, and don't be afraid to point out things. Go around with a pen and paper. Go around with your phone and take photos. And don't do what a lot of people do, which is bug the contractor for the next 12 weeks by sending them this photo and this photo one day, this photo and this photo the next day. Just go around once and list everything. And if that takes you more than one day, that's fine. But give the whole thing as a full report to the contractor and then they can work through it. You know, right. um, there are other, other documents within this toolkit that can help you with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can actually, uh, build up a list. Then you can have agreed dates as to when they're going to be complete by the contractor and you both sign it. So no one's upset. And everyone has agreed on what dates they're going to be complete. Yeah. I mean, you're essentially building your own punch list. Yeah, exactly. Full completion, full final payout to the contractor, et cetera. Exactly. Yep. And that's it then. Time to move in. Then it's beautiful completion of your renovation. (laughs) What we didn't include in this is about, um, your warranty stage, um, and how long that's going to last and yeah. what to do, what to do if the, some parts of the installation have fouled and stuff like that. But I think we'll save that for another episode. I think that's, that's a great idea because warranty is a whole other issue. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good. 
And All right. Thank you. Blueprints. That's our 100th episode. So thank you very much for listening to all of the episodes uh, that we have had already. And uh, if you're new to the to the podcast as well, go back to the archives and dig out a few of the episodes. Listen to them all if you can, um, because the more knowledge you have, the better uh, chance you've got to the perfect renovation as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.